I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the C&D NBA show. What's up, Dylan? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great tonight. I got some Thai food in my belly. I ran for 10 miles today. What? Up a, yeah, up a hill, like I think 500 plus feet of incline. And that, then uh, Wolves win. I didn't know you were a runner like that. I knew you went running, but I didn't know you were a 10 mile runner. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just kind of did it today. I was like, hmm, I might, I might as well just go for a longer run today to see what I can do. And I feel wow. good. So. I think I'm going to do a marathon someday. I think that would be fun, maybe. You know. seem like a marathon guy. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did a five mile run once and I hated every moment of it. So uh, it's not for me. I try, I, I, every, every couple of years, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get into running and I run for a few months and I'm like, oh my God, I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Um, I used to hate but it. But ho- so hopefully I'll be hooping soon. Getting that cardio. Then I'll be back in shape. Uh huh. That's, I mean, dude, hooping takes it out of you. That's, that's a workout. You ready to start this thing, Dylan? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get to, into some real stupid news. First, Jeff Teague signs with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's still in green, baby. He went from lime green to uh, Boston green to Bucks green. The Hawks were never green. Yeah. Well, the Hawks did have that. There's the, They have that retro jersey that's blue with, like, the green, um, like, uh, uh, curved line do you know what i'm talking about actually they had a lime green and like a weird looking red and then like a dark gray i don't know if you just look up the color scheme that's one of their color schemes so i don't know oh yep yep yeah that's the, actually the one i was thinking of but i thought that it was a blue base oh i guess they do have a blue base one too i, I never saw the the lime green one okay so yeah i mean he's he's a gre- he's green mean <laughs> green, green machine <laughs> uh it, you know if there's any team that jeff t could go to where he could actually be somewhat useful i i think i said the sixers last time but the bucks are like the one other team because like is he that much worse than dj augustine no, no. i mean i hmm, actually i take that back i if he is able to rekindle his relationship with bud then yes it's all about how he feels. Oh, yeah. It's really all about how, how he feels. Because, like, with the Wolves, he was not going to play for Ryan Saunders. And <laughs> it, it's just clear that he also wasn't going to play for Lloyd Pierce. Is he going to be able to actually show out now and be the Jeff Teague that we last saw with the Timberwolves uh, with Tibbs? That's a very good point, though, about uh, Bud. I forgot that. He was his coach during the best uh, basketball of his career. But you're right. Jeff Teague is a moody, relational guy. So hopefully Bud can can rekindle that fire. The next piece of news is that DeMarcus Cousins is discussing a 10-day contract with the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that the contract is all but done. He's just waiting to clear the health uh, protocols. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for Boogie to try to get another sidecar guy on a title team yeah look i don't i don't get it because like he could kind of play like when he was in houston he could kind of play you know what i mean he can give some minutes so like why go to the clippers where you're not gonna play like he's he's just not gonna play yeah there's no chance 
unless I- Ibaka or Zubac gets hurt, and may- I mean, maybe he'll play some spot minutes, but like, why did no one want to go to Boston? There is a wide open, like, starting center position, and all these centers are like, did you say wide open or white open? <laughs> I said wide open. But there is an open white spot now that uh, Tice has been traded. Uh, or do they have Mo Wagner now? Or did Mo Wagner move yeah. again? I can't remember. Okay, yeah, they know. do. I can't wait to watch the Clippers fall apart. I mean, DeMarcus basically is just right now is a glue guy in the for chemistry for them. He's going to be on the bench. He'll be jumping up and down like he was for AD back when he was with the Pelicans. And uh, the Lakers. Breaking news, Rudy just added both of us. Let me, let's see what this is. Uh-oh. D'Lo tweeted, love how the league sleep on at J. McDaniel 7. And Rudy added both of us. I'm replying bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm replying been on him since before day one. I love Rudy. Man, Rudy has been such a good friend. My question for you, Dylan, is... uh. Are there any more buyout guys? And if so, who? I can't believe Al Horford's not a buyout guy. I know. He's got too much left on his contract, though, you know? That's the same what, reason, like, John, John Wall. He's got two more years. Oh, my God. Holy I know. Crap. Yeah. But, like, even John Wall and Russ aren't getting bought out until next season, you know? Like, are you predicting it now? Russ is going to get bought out? He just put up a 40, like, 40 point triple double. Yeah, well, and wh- how are the Wizards doing this year? Yeah, I know. But I guess I I guess it tricks he plays you. for the Wizards, so he won't be bought out because the Wizards don't know when to fold it. Um, but uh, John Wall will most likely be bought out next year. I'm crossing my fingers, hoping that Otto Porter Jr. gets uh, bought out because I that'll be a fun race to see who who gets Otto Porter. The but. Nets. <laughs> The Nets are just getting everyone. They just they don't need they anyone. Just, dude. I know I, I love how people are so mad at the at the Thunder for sitting out Horford for the rest of the year. But it's like small to mid-sized markets need some sort of competitive advantage. And if that competitive advantage is being able to tank to get high draft picks, then so be it. Because the the New Yorks and LA's and Miami's have every other advantage that you could possibly have, you know? I agree. Yeah, that's a fair point. I never really thought about it that way, but it's true. Yeah, it's like a week mid and small markets. The only way they can be competitive is to draft. That's it. They're like <laughs> so or trade. Like, draft yeah, and trade. or trade. That's it. That's it. Um. Anyway, moving on to our last piece of real stupid news. Uh, Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport are in a big time beef right now. This all started, believe it or not. On December 22nd, uh, on December 22nd, KD gave an interview on uh, TNT. Chuck asked him, he said, oh, you must have been working on your game all year. And KD just kind of went, yep. That was a bad question. I mean, we have talked about how the inside the NBA TNT guys are not good at interviews over and over again. It's been a topic of this year. They don't ask questions. They just say, oh, you're washed. Oh, you've been working on your game. Like, it's not frame it in the form of a question. Hopefully, not like a yes or no answer yep, type of question. Yep. Bad question. Michael Michael Rappaport tweets, and this is in December. He tweets, KD seemed deeply in his feelings with at NBA on TNT crew after the game. 
Damn it. He's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. To which Kevin Durant responds, you a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. That's funny right there. The first part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, then then he keeps going. He keeps going. He uh, calls him a dickhead, a dumbass, uh, a a pasty cum-guzzling bitch. Wow. A C word. He says, I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. What the hell? <laughs> he says he's, he starts uh, naming locations where the, the, the two of them can meet up to fight each other. Steakhouse? Uh, dude, <laughs> I want to see I want to see Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport have a boxing match like these uh, Logan KSI? Paul and Jake Paul. Uh, (laughs) but outside a steakhouse anyway he tells him to suck a dick and like you know all this bullshitty shit what are you doing in season really you don't have anything Mm -hmm. better to do well and the crazy thing is it's like eight like there are times where it's like eight or nine kd messages without a michael rapaport (laughs) response (laughs) he's like like, are they like eight different times that he is sending these messages to it's like all one. It's all like the the day doesn't change, right? Okay, but it's like that's... Katie sends eight messages. Michael Rappaport responds with one. Katie sends eight. Michael Rappaport responds with one. Um, <laughs> but then it's weird because Michael Rappaport three months later shares these DMs on Twitter. I think he was talking to his lawyers about it and they were like, okay, yeah, now you can release them. There's a defamation lawsuit now against Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's true. Um, I hate Mac Michael Rappaport as much as the next guy, but if I'm, I'm KD, I'm not sliding into anyone's DMS hitting them with that shit. Cause it's just gonna, it's gonna come back to bite you, man. You got to know better than that. You got to be smarter than that. Some people are like, oh, uh, I really feel like Michael Rappaport broke the bro code by making those DMs public. It's like, at this point, anytime you do anything on the internet, you have to assume that it's not private. Mm-hmm. Just assume it. And, and like, you know, I'm I'm not a fan of the insult, go suck a dick. You know, like, I'm not a fan of that homophobic shit. Yeah, it's kind like, of a compliment, really. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, I would love to do that. That sounds great. I don't know, man. It's just like, Michael Rappaport is a dick. Katie is clearly a dick. I I think that they're both wrong in this scenario. I don't know, man. Michael Rappaport was just giving Katie shit publicly, which is kind of what he does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fair. Kevin Durant is a public figure. And like the public, therefore, will be talking about what Kevin Durant is doing publicly. And Michael Rappaport is punching up to Kevin Durant for sure. Right, exactly. (laughs) Up next, we're going to bring our on our field reporter, Tim Kamatsu, who was live at the Nets game on Monday. Uh, this is an interview between Dylan and our field reporter, Tim Kamatsu. Enjoy. Turns out I am the captain now. Chalanga Langison has decided to be at school working. So now I am recording with our esteemed guest, a man who was our field reporter for last night's game. And this will probably be coming out on Wednesday. So Monday night's game uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. We have a general thoughts host, 
Tim Kamatsu. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Welcome hey. back. Yeah, thanks, Dill. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, you know, I was so honored that you guys asked me to be field reporter. Uh, this is my first uh, live NBA game. And I got to say, I was confused. I was angry. And, and if I'm honest, sometimes I was a little scared. I guess to start out, how were the seats that we got for you? Were you able to see? That's the most important question. Yes and no. Um, yes, I was able to see uh, from where I was sitting. No, I wasn't able to comprehend. The seats were fine. So the structure of the seats were fine, is what you're saying? Structurally, no complaints. Okay. It was, just, may- it was just maybe small blobs that you were seeing in the distance. I did realize uh, at, at halftime that I didn't have my glasses on, so I threw those on, and that helped quite a bit. We thought about it. We thought about with the tickets sending like binoculars with it, mm-hmm. but we we figured we figured that your eyesight would would have been pretty good. I mean, you're a younger man, and we thought that maybe it would have worked out. But we apologize that you weren't able to comprehend so much. No, not not at all. Uh, you know, I I had a great time. Got to sit next to some or near some folks that were really just having the time of their life, cheering on. Jimmy Harding, I think his name is, and Kyle Irv, uh, Blake Griffith. It was uh, great. Close enough. So getting onto the game, uh, what, what were some of your reflections based on whatever blobs you were seeing down in the court? Yeah, you know, I, so, so as, you, as you know, Dylan, and as I hope your fans remember, I am a Washington Generals diehard fan, you know, and so my lens of basketball is always through the the lens of, of America's team, the Washington Generals. And so I was very confused at the gameplay that the Wolves were exhibiting for a long time because it didn't seem General-esque for a long time. Interesting, interesting. And, and how, so, how would you say that the Generals would have treated this situation, would have treated this game against the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I kept noticing the Timberwolves kind of getting in the way when the Nets players were running to the hoop. And, and that just, you know, I was thinking about the greats. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a younger man, but you read through past players, you watch old documentaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of the great Washington generals like Crisp Crinkle. If the ball is on one side of the court, he made sure to be on the other side. Offensively, defensively, it didn't matter. You know, and there's, there's a gentlemanly quality to the, the game that the generals play. Almost like social distancing before it was cool. Exactly. Way before it was cool. They, if the Globetrotters have the ball, those generals are not getting anywhere near them. They and, were the uh, most pandemic-safe team of the 1970s. Exactly. 70s, 80s, 90s. And look, they haven't played a game since 2019. Look how the world's going. That's true. And I actually did. I literally read an article that they folded in 2015 and came back in 2017 I mean, I, I'm not saying anything right now, but let's hope that they can get back to their uh, old ways of being able to tour the United States. Yeah, I do too, you know, and, and gosh, folded in 2015 and America mourned all of 2016. Absolutely. That was the thing that I heard the most about, the, all the people we lost, Tommy Bahama, their center, Richie Ripe, their uh, point guard, out of work for all of 2016 and America mourned. Was he in charge of a clothing brand at any point? The center, uh, Tommy Bahama? Tommy Bahama? I don't believe so. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, he wore a beautiful flowing Hawaiian shirt over his jersey, though. Ah, yes, makes sense. That that yeah. makes sense. His, I believe his real last name was Gregerson. Oh, but, but he decided to take that on. Yeah, he. You know, the, I mean, look, the real ones know his name is Tommy Bahama. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, when they folded in 2015, all of a sudden America got off the rails, if I can make this a political statement. That's... Um, that is so sad. That is so sad. Yeah. Well, to get this podcast back on the rails, let's talk a little bit Ooh. more about the game. So yeah. uh, what were your thoughts about like some specific players? Like who who was your favorite player to watch on the Timberwolves last night? You know, on the Wolves, it was really fun, though confusing to see Carl Anthony Towns because it seemed like he wasn't he wasn't playing the gentleman's game. I think he amassed 30 points. 31. 31, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was fascinating. Fascinating to see. Because when you watch a Generals game, that's what the team scores. So were you not as impressed by uh, James Harden? I guess you call him Jimmy Harding's game. Uh, he scored 38 and had 11 rebounds and 13 assists. So well, uh, you he know, had a little bit of a better game. But were you maybe expecting that because of... That's the thing is, you know, I, I was actually shocked that the Timberwolves defense was so strong that only one opponent got a triple double. You know, normally the lens I'm viewing it through, there'll be five triple doubles uh, for the Globetrotters. And, and that's just the, that's what we expect as fans. You know, that's the I drama. And so, you know, I thought Harding, Harding. Jay, well, let's just call him Jimmy Harding for you. Jimmy Harding, you know, he was, uh, he was playing a, a great game. Kyle, I think his name was, uh, Kyle yeah. Irvine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call him Kyle Irvine. Kyle Irvine. You know, he started out in it. He started out really hot. And then I think he kind of registered the, the pace of the game. And he, he sort of started handing the ball away more to, uh, Tyler Johnson. It was almost as if he realized that he was a Washington general midway through the game. Exactly. I think, you know, because they do the, the the whistle and then the everyone leaves the court, uh, and I think that in their huddle he was saying like, guys, we we might be cast as the generals today, mm-hmm. so we gotta we gotta play the old game, and so he you know his his performance seemed reminiscent of of performances I'd I'd be familiar with. So maybe maybe you're suggesting that Kyle Irvine's game was the most elite out of anyone on the Brooklyn Nets. You hate to see when teams don't have cohesion, you know, and what you can't have, what you can't, and I cannot stress this enough, what you cannot have on a basketball team is a globe trotter and a general playing together. It's never happened. God willing, it never will. But that yesterday is what I was seeing a lot of. Nas Reed, he put up a general's performance, you know, two points, three rebounds, nine minutes, Wow, the the triple single, the triple single, and you never see that. You never see that in basketball, <laughs> um, you know. And God willing, someday we'll see a a, a quadruple oneer, where yeah. you get one point, one assist, one rebound, one minute. And that is something to behold, folks. If you have never gone to a Washington Generals team Generals game to watch the quadruple single, you haven't lived. Yeah, you haven't lived. The Washington Generals, they, you know, the concession stand is all sauerkraut. So you go, you get a healthy bowl of kraut. You just you eat it for 40 to 45 minutes. It's 
the most vinegar you'll ever see in the world. Wow. And, uh, you know, you watch 12 to 15 players put up quadruple singles, and it's beautiful. Sounds like there's been nothing more Bavarian than that, watching some bad basketball and eating sauerkraut. Exactly. I wanted to get your perspective as as a basketball lover. You know, going in... I was told to look for a 20 to 30 point spread. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like at the very end, the Wolves kind of lost that thread. And they they brought it within one point at the last minute. Oh, and so yeah. I, I guess I'm just wondering, you know, why would someone do that? It's interesting because the Timberwolves are legendary in the same way that the Washington Generals are actually okay. for getting so close yet so far sure um that was the most stereotypical timberwolves game to be honest oh interesting uh, where where you feel like you have a chance right up until the end and then there's some new way that you've never seen before where the timberwolves blow it i mean in in this one it was our young rookie making an amazing play on the ball and grab and grabbing the steal getting to the bucket getting the and one and having a chance to tie the game and of course, missing the free throw. And that was the second free throw that he had missed all game. Oh. He, was, he ended up being five for seven, and he's an 80% free thrower. So sure. obviously nerves were getting to that kid. Sure. But uh, there, every game, it seems like there's a new way for the Timberwolves to find a way to lose. And in a, in a similar way to the Generals, the Timberwolves lose a lot. But in a different way, I think the Timberwolves learn how to lose in a close nail-biting sort of way yeah you know and and i understand that that some people might like a roller coaster of a game when i go to a sports event i want to know before i walk in what i'm about to experience those generals are they're gonna lose they're gonna lose with dignity but they're gonna a lot of people with anxiety might actually enjoy that for themselves just because they they want they have to just know already otherwise they're yeah. going to have a panic attack or something could something dangerous could happen in the stands it's like watching a movie that you've watched 30 times already but the actors change just a little bit of the dialogue each time you know it's it's comforting it's it's nice to know well okay i can sit back i can have my bowl of sauerkraut i just i know what's coming this wolves game you really got to focus on the crowd anyway. That's the reality. Right. Exactly. That's what I always say. Focus on the crowd. Um, exactly. Look, I've said it since 1936, and I'll say it again. I, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, 1936? I thought you were close to our age. I don't know if we have time for this. I have a time machine. I use it sparingly. I give cryptic messages to world leaders, and then I'm out of there. So far... Never affected history. Wait. Hopefully someday. Captain America? Steve? Rogers? Well, uh, I'm Tim Kamatsu. I, I'm not Ladies claiming... and gentlemen, we've, we found Captain America. He's the biggest Generals fan in the world. Loves the Generals. And he goes by the alias of Tim Kamatsu now. Who knew that Captain America could become an Asian? In 1941, I figured what would the best way to... <laughs> serve my country what would be the best way to navigate america easily who does america yeah want to see as their captain revolutionary steve thank you so much tim kamatsu for joining us captain america here thanks again for sending me 
no problem. We'll have you back. We'll have you back uh, at these games. We'll be back at these games. It's so great that everyone's getting getting to see some real live basketball in 2021. It feels like we're on the back end of this thing, baby. And God willing, the generals will be back in action and America will be on the right path again. Uh, does Captain America have any messages for all the racist people that are being violent towards Asian Americans? Uh, yeah, I'd say cut it out. Okay. I'd say, uh, you know, stop that. There you have it. Captain America says cut it out and stop that. No more Asian hate. Thank you no. so much, Tim, for joining us. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tim. We're back to the podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about this Knicks game. Wolves win. 102 to 101. Can you believe it? I mean, I can. I was the person who kept saying that the Timberwolves were going to be 500 for the rest of the season. I mean, unless tanking gets in the way of that. I don't think they're going to shut Cat down, but I think that there probably will be like some maybe back-to-backs that Cat's not playing. Um, See, I'm not, I, so, I'm not so sure about that because like I feel I, like the, the Wolves need as much time with their core playing as possible. So you think that they're just going to win as many games as they as they possibly can? I well, I don't know if they're going to win games, but I think they're going <laughs> to I think they're going to play their guys, you know? Cuz they I, know that they can't drop to more than 3 cuz as soon as they hit 4, the odds keep going down and down and down to stay in the top 3. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I mean I get that. I get that. I just would be hesitant to go into next season without a good understanding yeah, they, of what this core is. I think like some people have been saying, oh, they're going to they need to shut cat down and blah, blah, blah for next season. And I think that that's totally wrong. I think that they're, mm-hmm. they are probably going to want five to ten games. But as you could see, they're taking this very slowly with D'Angelo Russell. He was jumping up and down on the sidelines. I think he's OK. <laughs> I think that he's just fine, too. This is, this is a bit ridiculous at this point, but hopefully he'll be back soon. The highlight of this Knicks win is uh, our main man. Jaden McDaniels. Uh, my piece about Jaden McDaniels could not have come at a better time. Thank you, Dylan, for all your video. Thank you for the advice on the piece. I love you and appreciate you. Breaking news. Francisco Lindor agrees to a 10-year, $341 million deal with the Mets. Man, baseball is weird. Who is? Why do you have notifs on those? It's just ESPN. Basketball, uh, baseball is weird, man. 10 years? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's indifferent. That's a prison sentence. <laughs> Anyway, Jaden McDaniels has been looking great. He, I, I, we got in a fight the other day because I was kind of giving him shit for not really developing on mm-hmm. offense. But the past two mm-hmm. games, especially, he's been showing up and doing the right thing. Past four games, Chalanga. In the last four games, he's 11 of 20 from three, 55%. He's 23 of 39 from the field, 59% overall. He has seven assists in the last two games. And two turnovers. Finch is starting to run plays for him and through him. He's starting to become like an actual an actual asset on the offensive side of the ball. And it's brilliant. I love it. Yep. There was a play tonight that I really loved. Uh, the Wolves are running like a series of pick and rolls and and cuts. And it ended up, the ball ended up getting to to Jaden. He was, he was cutting up from the corner um, to the elbow. And it was getting late in the shot clock. And he, uh, I think Jalen Noel passed him the ball and Nas Reed set a screed for him and then rolled to the basket, like kind of on the baseline and ran, jumped up and like rocketed the pass right into Nas in stride. And then Nas slammed it down real hard. 
And that's the type of shit I really like to see from Jaden is that when he's like really reading the defense and like is thoughtful on offense and knows what he's doing. Because like there are still these moments where he will like pass the ball to someone and then run towards them or he will like turn and dribble and realize he's not going anywhere and then pick up his dribble and then like panic and pass the ball. So like there are those moments, but those moments are getting smaller and smaller and and he's really starting to figure out how to play NBA basketball, which is exciting. And use his length. And he, I think he's getting stronger too. Like he was playing Julius Randle pretty hard yep. tonight. Yep. And and like just when you think about the last two covers, James Harden and Julius Randle, two of the hardest, two of the most difficult covers in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like Julius Randle, we might have a lot of jokes to say about him, but the reality is that he works hard 24 seven and for him to score 18 with Julius Randall on him and for him to be able to play the defense that he did the past two games. I mean, yes, James Harden looked pretty normal uh, and, or had a really great game better than normal. I mean, he had a 38 point triple double, but when Jaden McDaniels was on him, I mean, James Harden was just looking for the switch. And so to have him shadowing these two players and when he was on them, play really hard, tough, contested defense and Mm -hmm. without fouling a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had three fouls in this game. I mean, he had two fouls against against James Harden. That's insane. And he was guarding James Harden a lot of the time. But when you look at the tape, James Harden's getting these points on switches or someone left him open and Jaden was not on him at that point. Yep. Yep. I mean, Jaden can really turn it on too in, in the important times down the stretch, Julius Randall. I, I mean, he probably went like three for four in the last three minutes, but all three of his makes were on difficult, like turnaround shots, you know, yeah. like the Knicks were on fire from the field tonight. Uh-huh. I, I, and Jaden made it really hard on Julius Randall to to score the basket and Julius Randall made hard shots and like congratulations to Julius Randall for doing that but that is of no fault of Jay I mean I think Julius scored like 26 points that's uh, his average is 23 so I mean yeah and like if if Julius is going to make difficult shots Julius is going to make difficult shots but Jaden really played some some good defense I think about replying to your comment about his strength I think about when the Timberwolves played the Pelicans for the first time this season and, and watching Jaden go up against Zion and really not be able to deal. Like he got a kind of abused by Zion in the first matchup. And then the second matchup, he really didn't face Zion that much because I think that was early on in Finch's tenure and, and Jaden wasn't playing very much early on in Finch's tenure. Um, True. And when Jaden was playing, he happened to be at the three. Yes, 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 yes. And so watching him against Julius hold his own, like be uh, just like his combination of being able to move his feet, his length, and like his improving strength is super, super rare. And I- I'm I'm very excited for him. Yeah, I he is the most untouchable piece on the Timberwolves right now. Over Cat, over Ant. I don't care what anybody has to say about it because he's just so valuable to winning. So much more valuable to winning than like a high volume guy who's really figuring it out and could go either way like anthony edwards and then cat whose prototype just has not been tested in the playoffs ever before Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. except for maybe if you count Jokic, but Jokic is just such a different animal to be honest i know that we want towns to be like eight tenths of the passer that Jokic is but Jokic is just different 
I mean, if if he's fifty percent the passer that Jokic is, that's good because he's a better defender and he's a better shooter. But speaking of untradeable pieces, let's talk about Anthony Edwards, who has become a fourth quarter warrior as of oh late. Oh my he's god, been, it's been crazy his his performance late in games. I mean, it it hasn't always led to the win, but like he's kind of showing us that he could be that dude. You know, when when he brought us within one of the nets, it was crunch time. And he stole the ball, but but I remember uh, I remember tonight he had two steals in the clutch. Oh yeah, and one where he read the pass from like a mile away, dude. He but I mean he's he's on a steal streak. He's that he's good at that. Well, we've learned that he is good at reading passing lanes. That like that is a skill he has, which I did not know he had. He is solid in the half court. Mm-hmm. Now you turn it around and you see him in transition, and you see him yeah. lose R.J. Barrett. And yep. that is exactly what Ant needs to do better. I mean, if, he rarely sprints. He doesn't sprint. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't. And, and he doesn't. He doesn't look backwards. He was literally just looking forwards at like players. He was like, "I gotta look for the guy who's gonna run to the corner." But mm-hmm. then we forget who's running right down the lane. Yeah, I mean, he just he literally he has to fix that. I think that that's very fixable. The thing that's less fixable is the mid-range jumper issue that we've got going on and the amount of dribbling that Ant is allowed to do. I, I think that if the Wolves really wanted to win, the less Ant dribbles, the better. I think Cat had had really insightful comments on Ant's game. He talked about Ant being more like a Giannis type where his a lot of his offense comes by grabbing the board and then just attacking in, in transition and going downhill. But like Ant, he, he never gets in a, a transition opportunities because every time he grabs the board he it's slow i mean he he jogs up the floor and like wants to make a move and do that but if he just grabbed the board and went like who's like he's he's hard to stop he's really one of those hard to dunks stop. one of those dunks that he had early on in the game it was one of the fastest dunks just the the lateral speed mm-hmm. of that dunk it was like watching john wall go down the court like early on in his career mm-hmm. um, he has that speed i want to give Jaden mcdaniel's props for his super fast dunk on that on that uh dribble handoff with wancho against the dallas mavericks that was crazy he got up that, quick that was awesome yeah <laughs> my hope is that when d'angelo russell returns to the lineup uh, the the half court offense responsibilities will return to D'Angelo Russell, and it will be uh, like centered a lot around D'Lo and Cat two man game, because I mean that just feels like a, a low hanging fruit for scoring the basketball. And Ant then needs to find his offensive game by by being super aggressive in transition, which gr- granted we haven't seen, but there's no reason that he can't do that. We've seen um, it in spurts, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we've also seen for long periods of time him sort of floating and then getting into the half court, dribbling, you know. It feels lazy to me, you know? So hopefully, hopefully, once D'Lo gets back and everyone is more in their role, then we we can start to see him do that more. It's always gonna be tough when he's taking contested step backs, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not as he's it's not his forte for sure. When will the wolves just win a game? where they don't have to come back in dramatic fashion, where they can just take the lead and they can keep the lead and they can win uh, handily. 
not this year. <laughs> well, I guess they did. Um, they did that against the Pelicans, right? They kind oh, of did they? they, yeah, they blew out the Pelicans in like three weeks ago or whatever, one thirty to one ten or something like that. I felt like it was pretty well contested before. Yeah, the Pelicans were still up after uh after two quarters and after the first. So, mm, mm. well, you know, the first half doesn't necessarily count. Like if 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 the Wolves could take the if the Wolves could take the lead in the third quarter and keep it, that's good for me. You know, I'm not trying to I'm not asking for too much. Yeah, I I personally do want to see the Wolves just take control in the first half and ride it out the rest of the game because that's a t- totally different type of winning. Having to protect a lead in the third quarter is so much different than having to make a lead in the third quarter. That's uh, true. It's true. Um, but I feel like the Wolves at this point need some fire under their butts to uh, play their best basketball. So, you know, maybe it's good for us to be always clawing back because then, <laughs> then you know, we get to see the best basketball. Um, a few other notes, just some some trends that we've noticed with Finch. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt is kind of no longer in the rotation. Uh, Finch has fully committed to... Uh, Jaden McDaniels in the starting lineup, which makes no room for Vando now that Malik is back. Um, and we were and scared not- for a while because because the first thing that happened was Jaden McDaniels was getting less and less minutes. And now mm-hmm. we're seeing the ebb flow and it's great. Yeah, Chris Finch just figured out. He's like, oh, Jaden McDaniels is good. Jared Vanderbilt is kind of a one-trick pony. So uh, let's keep playing Jaden. Uh, you know, the Wolves do miss his energy. I think more so the Wolves miss Josh Okoge on that second unit. I, oh, yeah. I think Josh Josh Akogi on the second unit with Ricky Rubio becomes a little bit more difficult, but Josh Akogi is kind of the pseudo point guard on the second unit with Rubio starting because he can, he can play that role and, and he has been playing that role. Uh, and honestly, like if, if your like lead ball handler is the one who can't shoot the second unit offense makes a lot more sense. But when it becomes Ricky and Josh and Culver, who all and, and Jalen Noel gets kicked out of this rotation. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen once once Delos when, when Ricky moves to the bench. I think the rotations are going to get muddled again. Because uh, I, I like remember the beginning of the year, the rotations were fucked up. And I mean, granted, that was partially Ryan Saunders' fault, but partially it's the roster construction is tricky. Like it's it's hard to to get the players who need to be playing proper minutes with the players that they need to be playing with, you know, you just ha- don't have enough guys to play defense. And the guys who do play defense are guards and you have too many guards on the roster and, mm-hmm. and just not yeah. enough shooting it is not, not enough shooting. That is like the the core thing here. Cause e- even if the wolves couldn't play that much defense, if they could shoot, we could overcome that lack of defense, you know, the, I, the Portland and, trailblazers model. <laughs> and I think that's exactly why Finch has, has gone all in on Juancho these last mm-hmm. couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily fun to watch Juancho either make or miss the threes that he's launching, basically. Um, and he has more skills than we have gave him credit at the beginning of the season. He's shown a lot of a lot more fight than that, but he's never going to give you the energy that Vando gives you. But just the fact that he gives you spacing is going to be big for that second unit, as you were saying. Absolutely. When 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 Rubio's back in the second unit and Josh Kogi is back, I, I think there's really I mean, honestly, I think the choice is it's Rubio, Noel, Akogi, 
and then either Wancho or Lehman, depending on who's playing better, because because you need you just need that shooting and and you need it. Otherwise, it's going to be tough for that second unit. Ooh, okay. Well, I hope D'Lo comes back. Um, the Wolves play again on Friday. I'm hoping that D'Lo can be back. I, I really want to see him. I miss him as much as I am have truthed him. I do miss him right now. Thank you for listening to the CND NBA show. This has been great. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to follow me, uh, uh, follow us on CND. Just follow Chalanga. At CND NBA on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Chalangason on Twitter and Instagram. Get in while uh, you can. He's going to be bigger than Dane Moore someday. He, that's I right. From, I heard it from the horse's mouth. I'm starting beef with Dane Moore right now. Interact with me on Twitter, motherfucker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dane. Whoa, went all KD on his ass. Wait, is uh-uh. Dane Moore the Michael Rappaport of, of Minnesota Timberwolves? I wish, I wish KD better? had just said motherfucker. If KD had just said motherfucker, <laughs> this would be a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> KD or Dane Moore, meet me at Manny's downtown, 4 p.m. tomorrow. We're Boxing? fighting. We're can fighting. I, can I box Doogie? Can I be on the early ticket? <laughs> Doogie, meet Dylan outside Hell's Kitchen on 9th Avenue tomorrow. Is Hell's Kitchen on 9th or on 7th? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know Minneapolis. Are you kidding me? I haven't been there for 10 years. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna be on the Zone Coverage net- Network soon. Tom texted me today. He's like, all right, he got your message. We'll get it set up soon. So we're almost Should there. Be within the next couple of years, guys. Also, just know um, moving forward... We will start to have some advertisements on our uh, shows. We will keep them short. Um, it's not just, just Jake and Cole. <laughs> just know that these ads are making us um, money, a very small amount of money. <laughs> but but it's helping us uh, uh, continue to put out great content for you to listen to uh but it's also a product we kind of believe in you know so it's mm-hmm. it's not we're not just reading about mcdonald's big macs like kevin o'connor over at the ringer we're we're talk we're gonna be talking to you guys about some local products in minneapolis yeah no mountain dew ads here so uh <laughs> thanks again for listening have a great night <laughs> or day whatever you're probably whatever you're listening to this I just have a good you know whatever Hags. Hags. Have a good something.